109 of Cowboys Right for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing? I mean, I'm tired, like always, but I'm good. It's good. It's good. good, good. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a ton to talk about this week. I feel like we've kind of hit like a slow news week for Oklahoma State. Nothing crazy's really happened, and there's not a... I mean, we're kind of just in a dead spot right now. We're, we got a little bit to talk about outside of Oklahoma State to a certain extent with the Masters coming up uh, this weekend. It's going to be awesome. I, I'm not a huge golf guy, but I always love watching the majors. And obviously, the Masters is the you know the main one I love to watch. But we got five former Cowboys in the field, uh, four uh, four former Cowboys and one current Cowboy. Uh, in the field, Ricky Fowler, Alex Noren, Charles Howell III, and Kevin Tway. And then to go along with Victor Hovland, uh, who is a uh, current Oklahoma State Cowboy on the roster. He's going in as the amateur uh, in the tournament. But it's kind of cool to see that many guys represented uh, in the tournament field. I mean, it's kind of the norm for Oklahoma State in golf, to be honest. Uh, when you get to the ma- – I mean, it used to swap out one of them for, for Hunter Mahan when he was playing more. And, I mean – and especially on late when you have Alex Noren, who's really who's really come on. Tway's kind of been playing better as of late. I say, you know, he he won a tournament not long ago. I say he's playing better. He's been playing all right. Um, but it's it's just kind of the norm to see a lot of Oklahoma State players at the majors. Uh, obviously, Ricky's always there. Charles Howell III's generally there. And I mean, it's not like this is the first time. Just it's not you know normal to see some some Oklahoma State amateurs playing so i mean look i like i like the majors i'm not the biggest golf fan you and i are in the same boat here like let's just let's just be up front if you want golf coverage you might want to go follow kyle porter at pfb more than you want to follow us at, right it's your ff but i mean like look i will watch if 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 tiger if ricky if spieth if phil if Bubba are there on Sunday in contention, I will sit in front of my TV glued. If it's if it's Patrick Reed, no, thank you. Um, if it's some random no name ranked, you know, seventy eighth, I'm gonna be like, okay. Um, is uh, is there any WNBA on anywhere? So I could be watching that. Is the is the NBA playoffs on? Like, I, I mean, I like. I like when when players I like are good. I'm one of those people. Like I'm a, I'm a fair weather golf fan. So that's no. you know. Yeah, that's kind of how I am too. And you know, like I said I I keep track of the first couple days. Really, Saturday, Sunday, or when I'm you know glued to my couch watching the the last two, especially on Sunday. It's always usually really close and fun to watch. And I'm hoping to see Ricky there on Sunday, like he was last year, even though he came up just short. To watch him in contention like that and see the crowd really get into you know him and you know he had the bigger applause when he birdied on 18 and Patrick Reed did when he won the thing because so, nobody likes Patrick Reed exactly I think that says a lot about Ricky Fowler and I'm you know obviously we'd love to see him win and I think he's of the five uh from Oklahoma State obviously he has the best chance again and I think he's really primed to win one he, he's got to get a major eventually like it's going to happen it's just a matter of when and I think this is another great opportunity for him to get one uh, obviously I don't know too much about the rest of the field and kind of what to expect because it's pretty unpredictable at times, especially at the Masters. It always seems like there's kind of some no name or some random guy that kind of comes out of nowhere and ends up getting the green jacket. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens there, especially on Sunday. You know, we sit here and say all the time, like at some point he's gonna he's gonna get over the hump, he's gonna win a Masters. But there's lots of good players that never 
win a Masters. And, I mean, at this point, Ricky is just Phil Jr. I mean, yeah, underachieves, um, gets close, but hasn't quite done it. I mean, he's been so close so many times. And and it's it's nuts to think that last year he played he played four rounds that would have won it just about any other year. Um, I think I saw like 10 out of the last 12 years that would have won. And he just happened to have to play that well on a year where Patrick Reed, the Cowboy Killer, did what he did. God, I hate Patrick Reed. For those who don't remember, um, Patrick Reed played for Georgia and got kicked off the team and played at Augusta State. That's the Augusta State team that won back-to-back national championships, including beat OSU in Stillwater. So, um, yeah, we don't like Patrick Reed. Forget the fact that he's kind of a jackass, but also, you know, Cowboy Killer is, is a legitimate name for him. For sure. So, and I'm also pretty excited to see it. Uh, obviously, the amateurs don't always do the best uh, at the Augusta National. That's a brutal course to play at. But to see, I'm excited to see what Victor Hovland does. Obviously, he's one of the best guys on the Oklahoma State team right now. Him and Matthew Wolf are just incredible and in the college ranks. So I'm excited to see what he's able to do. Uh, you know, and kind of show off what he's what he's capable of uh, this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun to see what he can do. Yeah. Um. If Ricky's in there, man, uh, I'll have I'll be decked out in orange and on the couch, ready to go. Okay, yeah. so just of randoms, let's let's do. Like, who do you think, if you had to pick a random golfer, wins it? Like, just pick oh, someone. Let, let, me, let me look at yeah. the field really quick and let me just kind of take a, a shot here. Um, hmm. See, so looking at because the, they have it. If you go on the Masters website, they have it broken down of you know all the different categories of how guys get into the masters and there's like 20 of them it's actually kind of insane um but i'm just going to go with the category one guys like the former champions that you know maybe zach johnson yeah he that's usually true plays that's well true. Augusta, if i'm not mistaken i'm trying to get the field to pull up this is great this is great radio my computer's like no no i don't want to do that all right so i'm not gonna go with the former champ um nah let's do Let's do someone different. Someone random. Hmm. All right. Here we go. No, 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 no. You know what? Just because I've always liked his name, I'm going to go with Louis Ustuzen. Oh, uh, Louis Ustazen? Okay. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, like, he's not going to, but... No. One can... Also, does Stuart Sink not just have, like, the best golfer name ever? That's a pretty good one, for sure. Yeah, so... I was hoping to see a Smiley Kaufman on here, but I don't think he's there just because he's sponsored by Natty Light. I think that's just hilarious. <laughs> like, if I was a professional golfer, that's what... I Like, look, can I just have, like... <laughs> find me one good brewery... And uh, and some free shoes, and I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, if I were him, I mean, I would have chosen a little bit of a better beer than Natty Light, but I still just respect how funny that is. Hey, you I know th- what? I think if I'm not mistaken, when he announced the sponsorship, he was sitting on a throne of 30 racks. Done. Like a king, man. <laughs> right. No doubt. There ain't nothing wrong. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with getting down with the Natty. There ain't oh, nothing for, wrong with for it. For sure. There ain't nothing better floating down a river on a hot day. And some really bad Natty Light. Like, I, I don't care. Have you tried the uh, the Natter Days? No, and I have no interest in doing it. Because someone described it to me as, 
um, uh, bad. So I'm good. I'm, uh, you shouldn't, it, I mean, why do you mess with perfection? You can't change Natty Light to make it better. You can only make it worse. So just, just let it be. Some, some, sometimes change is not necessary, not even for change's sake. Just, just let it be. Yeah, yeah. It it was one of those like I tried one and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like I knew it was going to be bad beer mixed with cranberry lemonade or something like that. And it was exact. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I don't recommend it to anybody. Can you imagine that pitch meeting? Like seriously, like all right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take cranberry lemonade and and natural light and uh, and combine them. And what I wanted to hear the room that was like, you know what? That sounds like, sounds like a great idea. Sounds like a wonderful thing. Like you're fired. Get out. Go. Go away. Don't don't do that. Yeah. Okay. So if you were to pick a brewery for your golf sponsorship, what would you pick? Okay. So there's a brewery in uh, in Springfield, Missouri, called Mothers, and it's the best. It is so good. I have not actually gotten to go yet. But it's not in Oklahoma, but they have it here in Arkansas. Um, and they have yet to have anything from it that disappoints. But there's one thing that they make that is a just layered, heavy, delicious porter. And it's called MILF. <laughs> nice. It's about a. It's one of those where it's about a two-hour sipper where you just kind of sit back and enjoy it because you're basically eating. Um, and it is the best thing I've ever had. And everything else they make is great. Um, I would want mothers to be my, my sponsor brewery yes. and just give me all the milk I can drink during the winter and I'll be a happy man. Yeah, for, for sure. No, that, that's, that's funny. I'm not a big into stouts and porters, but there's something very intriguing about that one. So let's see. But you know, if I were to pick one from the Kansas city area, uh, so I'd have to go with Boulevard if I'm going to go with mm. my, my beer sponsorship there. Nothing Good wrong choice. with that. I can't, I can't really think of a single Boulevard beer that I don't enjoy uh they're just awesome and to, you know say you know being from kansas city you got to support the local brewery there and not even pick iron monk as well going to school and so water again iron monk's another one of those you know the breweries can't find too much that's bad with it so that's where i would go with it and i feel like that's probably this is probably the most random discussion we've ever had on this podcast it's off season i will say this i'm not the biggest wheat fan that stilly wheat is really good it's like awesome. I, i'm not the biggest wheat beer fan uh, but that is that is a tasty beer I would enjoy uh, floating around the river with that. Just give me some of that, some Natty Light. I'm always the fan of uh, give me the good stuff to start off with. And after about three, it all tastes like beer. So I'm going to go cheap. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Stilly Wheat's definitely one of my favorites. Boulevard Wheat, same way. Like it's just, it's just good stuff. And even during the summer, it's just solid, easy drinking stuff. But let's move on here a little before we talk about beer for the next 30 minutes, which I'm totally down to at some point during the off season. If we just want to go – just summer beer takes or something like that. Like I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh, when, when we get to June, we're just, you know, we're going to have to do something. I don't, I don't know what, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out when the time comes, I guess. All right. So let's move on a little bit for here for a quick second. Uh, Kyle jr. Is he was a defensive lineman at Bowling green and he is now a grad transfer coming to Oklahoma state. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, this definitely adds depth to a position that desperately needed it. Um, you don't know if he's necessarily going to start because I think Mike or uh, Mike Scott and Brock Martin are probably going to be the starters there. But this adds, de- like I said, this adds depth to a position that really needed it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this one? So, I mean, 
we I had written quite a bit of stuff for a while about where Oklahoma State might turn in the uh, to fill that last scholarship for the class, and it really felt that they were going to get a grad transfer. The two options seem either offensive line where they're going to need some help and defensive line where they definitely needed just some depth. Um, there were a lot of options and Kyle Jr. was definitely not one of the ones I had, I had really kept my eye on to be honest. Um, I don't mean this bad, but there were better options. I, I'm not saying that there were better options for Oklahoma state or that they had a, a chance with any of them. I'm just saying there were, there were other better defensive end options. Um, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to start. Um, he's played defensive line, but apparently his uh, his more natural fit is defensive end. Um, I think if nothing else, he's going to provide real, real depth. Um, over the last three seasons, he's played 35 games, 95 total tackles, 13 tackles for loss, five sacks, three fumble recoveries. Um, I, I think he's solid. I think he brings experience in. I think it's experience you need. Oklahoma State has done a really, really good job of evaluating and bringing in graduate transfers who then went on to do something. I mean, there's there's a long list of ones that went to the NFL afterwards. Some of them got drafted late. Some of them were um, just brought into camp and, and played for a few seasons. Lindsey Pipkins is still in the NFL, and, and he was one of those guys. And he didn't play a ton at OSU. But, Tyler you know, Patman as well. I think he's still yeah, playing. Tyler Patman was a good one. So Oklahoma State has a history, and I've, I mean, I've written about this before, of really evaluating bringing in graduate transfers to make an impact for the team. So I'll say this. He may not have been on my radar, but if if OSU, the coaching staff, have, have looked at him and evaluated him and decided that this is one that they wanted, um, then I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust them. He was a two-star out of high school. I, I need to do some more digging. I, I'll apologize. I wish I had done more over the weekend, but in my defense, with, we've had family all week. I've got a baby. I know that's not a that excuse doesn't last forever, but it is what it is. So I, I will be curious to really dig in and and look into him some more. But I, I trust OSU. Um, they got a guy they wanted, and he's going to provide depth on the defensive end where they really, really need it. I'm with you. I think Scott and Martin start. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Junior and Lacey were were the two deep um, come start of the season. Yeah, and I think that's a really good two deep to have. I think that's you know not maybe not experience, but I think that's talent level, which I think is going to be really important. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State has had pretty good luck with defensive linemen and def- defensive ends over the last few years. So if we can continue that, you know, that progression, I think that'll be really nice. And even if Junior doesn't start, the leadership that I think he can provide to some of these younger guys that are playing on the defensive side of the ball is going to be huge. And like we said, I, I think this, you know, the graduate transfer thing that Oklahoma State does, I feel like it as, you know, as many guys we've seen come in and have done well, I still feel like it's fairly underappreciated amongst Oklahoma State fans for the evaluation that the the coaching staff is able to do and bring in these guys that are kind of diamonds in the rough and find a way to bring out the best in them for that final season uh, at the you know at a Power Five conference. I think that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. And I think to bring in a guy as a senior, you know, be a fifth year senior with a redshirt sophomore, a junior, and a redshirt and a redshirt freshman, you know, there with him. I think that's going to pay dividends in the future. Yeah, I. It's still a strange pickup, but I'll say this. I think it goes underappreciated, but 
if Oklahoma State and everyone wants to grab about recruiting, um, let's be honest, Oklahoma State's not landing a bunch of five stars. Just get over it. Um, and even high four stars, it's going to be hard. This just that's just the way it is. Relationships matter. Who you are matters. There, shout out to Adam Lunt. the The amount of money that Oklahoma State has to invest is just not where it needs to be to the level to get these four and five stars. It's just it's not like it's a lot of different things. It's not as simple as like, well, they just don't recruit hard enough. Like, shut up. Where Oklahoma State is going to have to start really emphasizing as big as as transfers have become, graduate transfers, regular transfers, and with the way that the NCAA seems to pretty much just let anybody go. You you claim you apply for a waiver, you're probably going to get it. Oh, she's still waiting for um, Israel Antwine, who coming over from Colorado. He hasn't passed his. He hasn't, he hasn't been okayed yet to play, but they really think he's going to. OSU is going to have to really be at the forefront of utilizing the transfer market to go after those four- and five-star guys that don't like where they're at and bringing them to Stillwater. I think that's where OSU's opportunity is. I know this has nothing to do with Kyle Jr. because he's a former two-star, and uh, and I, uh, but I've really put a lot of thought into this. If, if OSU is going to start land, landing those players – and getting those guys, they're not going to be able to get them out of high school. It's just you just can't. But if if you really put the time and energy in, I think they can do it on the transfer market uh, for guys who are looking for playing time because OSU always seems to have playing time to offer. Um, they just don't have the depth of talent, which means you're going to have holes every year you've got to fill. You want to get those four and five stars, get them after they've they've gone to Bama for a year or two and have decided it's not going to work out. Get them, and that's that's not meaning that they haven't lived up to the four or five star hype you look at the quarterbacks that are transferring all the five stars go to the same four schools and don't win the job because they all think they're going to beat the guy that was there before or they get beat out and then they're on the transfer market so they're available um go then go get those guys that's how you're going to get that depth of talent and that's how you're going to land those really talented guys are the ones looking for an opportunity they couldn't get where they were I think that's a great point, and I think that's something to look forward to in the future. If that's the route Oklahoma State decides to go, I think that could really work out for them as well. Because they're not, like we said, they're not going to necessarily recruit or get the four and five stars. They could recruit them, not necessarily going to land them. But I think that's a way that Oklahoma State could still find a way to get some of these guys into the program without, you know, having to put too much effort into it, you know, trying to, you know, get these five stars that just don't want to come to Oklahoma State originally. But if the playing time is there, which it always is at Oklahoma State, then you know that's a way to keep get you know get a superior talent level into the program, and I think that'd be a great way to do it. I'd be interested to see if they actually take that route here in the next year or two. And I imagine with the way transfers are moving right now, I think we might be starting to see a little bit more of that moving forward. Lastly, here this doesn't really involve Oklahoma State, but the basketball national championship uh, is tonight on Monday. You'll obviously be hearing this on Tuesday, so it have already happened. But let's just talk about it for a quick second. <laughs> Texas Tech, Virginia tonight. Uh, a national championship, I would not have thought it anywhere close to what would have happened at the beginning of the season. Uh, we're going to be in a very you know defensive battle. It's going to be pretty fun to watch, at least for me, that kind of likes that style of basketball. Who do you have winning tonight? So there's two ways to look at this. One, the idea of Texas Tech in a national championship is ludicrous because of history. But if you actually go look at the numbers, Texas Tech has been the best team in this tournament from – the first round to now they have held every team they've played to at least 8% off their 
shooting percentage coming in. Like it, they are their defense is legit. This is not some fluky thing. This isn't some weird run. This Texas Tech team with Chris Beard is a legit team. And Virginia looks like they have been the luckiest SOBs ever. And every coach who's ever won anything will tell you, you need a little bit of luck, no matter how good you are. And it's really hard not to look at Virginia, who was down at halftime in the first round, had a just it's a brilliant moment, helped them get out of the late eight, had the wild ending against Auburn to get to the national championship, to not get a little bit of team of destiny. That is the first one seed to ever lose to a 16. They have the chance to now win the national championship. Obviously, I, I am I am rooting for Virginia because I'm rooting for that story. But for Texas Tech, win or lose, I will say this. Texas Tech is not going – this is not fluky. They're not going to suddenly get bad. Remember, they replaced like five of their, their six top scorers from last season and are this good again. Chris Beard's legit. He's doing it with two stars that he's turning into first-round lottery picks. Okay, Tech's going to be good for a while. That is good for the Big 12 because despite Ken Pomeroy ranking the Big 12 as the best conference six years in a row, the East Coast bias, and it's legit, sorry – um, the ACC is always viewed as, as better, despite the bottom of the ACC being hot garbage. The Big Ten is always viewed as better, despite the bottom of the Big Ten being hot garbage. The SEC is getting better, despite the bottom of it being hot garbage. The Big 12 from top to bottom is the best, but it's not given the respect it's due because it's Kansas and everyone else every year. If Texas Tech can become a legit Final Four contender year in, year out, like Kansas is, the Big 12 will start getting a lot more respect you'll start to see higher seeding because suddenly beating Kansas and Texas Tech has so much more weight because they're both legitimately good. Because now all of a sudden you've got two teams that people go to start to treat. Now it's going to still take a little while for Texas Tech, but Beard's earned the respect already that Kansas and Texas Tech wins from a perspective of, of just opinion are going to mean even more than just what the numbers say. I think it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a huge, mainly defensive game. I kind of was joking with some of my friends, you know, first to 50 wins, but I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. It's not. No, I, I like, think a loser might not score 50. Right. But like you said, I think I, I'm rooting for Texas Tech from a Big 12 perspective. I think it would be great for the conference. They have, obviously, the conference hasn't won a national championship since Kansas in 08, so it's been quite a drought. Um, so I think that that's going to be look good for the conference as a whole and for a guy like Chris Beard and to see what Texas Tech has done over the course of the season. They were projected seventh in the Big 12 at the beginning of this season, which just seems unfathomable compared to what they did in the regular season, what they've done in the tournament. They've been absolutely incredible. And I, But the thing is, I really do like Tony Bennett. I really do enjoy watching Virginia play. I really like Kyle Guy and, you know, uh, Ty Jerome and all those guys from Virginia and to see how far they've come from, like you said, losing the, to the 16 seed last year and then to turn all the way around and only lose three games this year and get back to the national championship. I think there's great storylines on both sides, but I'm going to take Texas Tech in a, in a close game here. Now it's it's going to be within like five points, but I think Texas Tech wins this game. 
Isn't this great radio talking about something that once this is up has already happened is decided? Yeah. Who cares, right? <laughs> um, all that aside, OSU, shout out to uh, softball team for a nice week and sweep. Shout out to the women's tennis for the Bedlam sweep. Um, and shout out to the only Baylor team I will root for, which is the women's basketball squad because they're legit awesome. And they are now just the third program ever to win three national championships. Like, bravo to Lady Bears. Yeah, that's awesome. And I said, shout out to Oklahoma State, shout out to Baylor for winning. And they had one of their players had like a brutal injury too. And for them to still come back. Oh, awful. Yeah. And for them to still win that game, I think that's that's awesome. So I'm really, you know, happy for that. All right. Well, I think that wraps this one up. Uh, You got anything going on the rest of the week? Uh, I'm going to – no. It's a nice, easy week. I'm going to hope that OSU's baseball squad doesn't have another crummy week when they should have a good one. So kind of rooting for that. All right. Yeah, so I'll be back and forth to Tulsa the next couple of days. I'll be at the Drillers game tomorrow. And Clayton Kershaw is actually doing a rehab assignment there. So I get to watch him for a couple innings. Pretty excited about Very that. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, he'll pitch like three innings, but to get, be able to watch him work, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then to be able to scout some of the other guys that are going to be uh, in that game, especially for the drillers, will be a lot of fun to watch. So how's that new uh, how's that new gig going? You know, it's been a lot of fun to get get into a ball game for free and sit behind home plate is not a bad deal whatsoever. Uh, actually, my first couple of, uh, of videos that I got of some of the pictures I saw over the weekend are up on the site and they're up on YouTube. Look, at, uh, it's at twenty eighty ball two zero eight zero ball. If you want to check out all of that, if you're into minor league baseball and prospects and things like that, you want to check that out. We'll do a little plug for that here. Uh, and then, Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXARPoke. You can follow my show, the 1012 Podcast. It's T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. If you're a Royals fan interested in minor league baseball or just baseball in general, follow at Royals Farm, Royals Farm Report. We got a lot of stuff coming up now that uh, minor league opening day and baseball is in full swing. So there's a lot of stuff coming up on the site now. And we will be back at some point in the future with another episode of the Cowboys Drive for Free podcast.